Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 14th of April. You're on Community Radio 3CR and I'm Giselle Hanna taking you through to 9.30 this morning. A big thank you to Annie for uh, yet another excellent, fabulous show. I wish I could tell you what she was playing because it was really excellent. Um, I might grab her back in the studio to back announce the track that she played towards the end of her show. But today, coming up on today's program in the second half of Asia Pacific Currents this morning, I'll be speaking with Ruby Wharton, who is an activist, Aboriginal woman with the group called Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. She's one of the organisers of the protest camp in opposition to the Commonwealth Games, the camp and the protest um, activities being called the Stolen Wealth Games. So I'll be talking to her in the second part of the show of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms to follow news, current affairs and grassroots issues from the Asia Pacific region. We're going to go into uh, straight into news from around the region um, and we're going to kick off in Gaza. Of course, uh, we're in week three of this six-week demonstration that is being organised by Gazans in opposition to Israel's continued apartheid, but particularly the continued encroachment on that border. Thousands of Palestinians protested at the Israel-Gaza border for the third consecutive week on Friday and Israeli forces fired live ammunition and tear gas into that protesting crowd, killing at least one person and injuring more than 900, um, and that's according to health officials in Gaza, and that's only in relation to um, Friday's demonstrations. Israeli military officials had warned Palestinians to steer clear of the fence on Friday and deployed drones, tanks and sharpshooters. Since the demonstrations began last month, Israeli forces have killed at least 30 Palestinians, according to local health officials. Of course, that is an Israeli figure, so it is dramatically, dramatically underreported. The demonstration on Friday was smaller than in the previous two weeks and the death toll was lower, with the Palestinian Health Ministry in Gaza reporting that one death, um, and that was 28-year-old Islam Herzallah, who died of a gunshot wound to the abdomen. The health ministry, the Gazan Health Ministry, said that at least 968 people were wounded by gunfire and tear gas on Friday. These protests are, con- are um, to continue until the 15th of May, which is Al Nakba, which commemorates the 1948 um, catastrophe, the commencement of Israeli apartheid against Palestine. Of course, this year is the 70 year anniversary. 
Moving now to Cambodia, the BWI, the Building Workers International, is among 100 organisations calling for the charges against Cambodian human rights defender Tola Muen to be immediately dropped. Tola is the executive director of the Centre for the Alliance of Labour and Human Rights in Cambodia. But prior to that, he was with the BWI. He was a trade union development project coordinator based in Cambodia. And as we've mentioned many, many times, Tola Muen is a very close comrade and partner of Australia Asia Worker Links. Now, um, this current arrest is in re- all the current charges are in relation to allegations that three men, including Tola, had misappropriated funds raised for the funeral of activist Kem Lay. Um, and Kem Lay was gunned down publicly after the publication of a report detailing corruption amongst Cambodian, Cambodia's ruling elite. At the time that the charges were filed, all three men were outside of Cambodia, um, so if they returned, they would be arrested. Human Rights Watch has called the charges politically motivated legal harassment, and they're part of a uh, concerning restriction of democratic space that's occurring in Cambodia. In 2017, this included the dissolution of the main opposition party and the banning of its elected representatives from political positions. Of course, um, dissolving or the dissolution of that opposition party was a part of what was necessary in order to usher in the um, current anti-worker, anti-trade union laws that are currently even further um, restricting and repressing trade unions in Cambodia. Moving now to Australia and to those Stolen Wealth Games demonstrations that I mentioned at the start of the program. Former Northern Territory youth detainee Dylan Voller is being treated for injuries sustained while self-harming in a police van after he was arrested at the protests on the Gold Coast. Um, Dylan Voller was among five men who were arrested on Friday, that was yesterday, um, and four were later charged over their actions in the protest. Late on Friday afternoon, police said um, Dylan Voller had been charged for breaching bail conditions. All five of the men were a part of a larger group of people who were trying to disrupt Channel 7's live broadcast of the Commonwealth Games. Um we don't have an update on Dylan Voller's current condition, but I can tell you we're going to, um, as I said, we will be speaking with Ruby Wharton later in the program. In that interview, we refer to another incident where both Dylan and Ruby were arrested, and that was in relation to the Queen's uh, baton relay. So the arrests yesterday for which Dylan was carried off in a police van are different demonstrations. So one of the things Ruby talks about in the interview is just the heaviness of the police repression at the, at the Stolen Wealth Games camp. Moving now to Hong Kong, the largest bus company in Hong Kong has allowed four drivers who took part in a wildcat strike in February to resume resume their duties more than five weeks after they submitted an appeal amid the threat of dismissal. On Friday, bus giant KMB revoked punitive measures on the four bus drivers but warned that they would face serious punishment if they violated company rules again. Jip Lam is the leader of the strike. She welcomed the decision, saying, "We wish for a win future, for a win-win future, and a happy working environment for all frontline staff in all industries across Hong Kong." 
In a letter dated the 13th of April to YIP, the KMB Appeal Committee, said that on February 24, she severely violated the driving and working guidelines provided to all bus captains by the company, causing inconvenience for passengers and affecting the safety of public transport. The company said after careful consideration, it decided to reinstate Yip following a warning issued to her. The warning basically says, if you break traffic rules or company guidelines again, the case will be handled seriously. The company hereby reiterates that its priority is to provide a safe and reliable service for the public. So this is just she mere... Um, uh, intimidation of workers taking strike action. We have seen a recent um, increase of industrial relations in uh, industrial dispute in Hong Kong. So, um, with some international support, ho- hopefully these bus drivers can maintain the pressure on the bus company. Moving now to Bangladesh, the Clean Clothes campaign has called for the immediate release of seven trade union leaders from the Garment Workers Trade Union Centre in Bangladesh. They were detained last week on what a Clean Clothes campaign is calling false charges. The Bangladesh Garment Manufacturers and Exporters Association, this is the BGMEA, and this is the group that the um, the accord was reached with uh, following the collapse of Rana Plaza. So this employer organisation, this bosses um, association, is the group that is basically coming after these garment workers. So the BGMEA filed the case against the seven trade union leaders. Um, They are claiming... Just I can't get to that. Let me tell you who the seven are. So um, they all the the seven that were arrested are all leaders of the Garment Workers Trade Union Centre, the GWTUC. Um, and then there were sorry that was six of them. And then the last person is a guy called Shamim. Um, he's a leader of the Communist Party of Bangladesh. They were all detained on the first of April after attending um, court to request bail. Only one person was granted bail, and that was one of the trade union leaders, Montu Gosh. On the 5th of April, the High Court ordered interim bail to the seven leaders, but as of now, all are still in custody in Dhaka Central Jail. The um, BGMEA is arguing, or the nature of their complaint, is that following a protest by workers from the Asiana Garment Factory outside BGMEA headquarters, um, that there were that the workers were particularly well arguing that the workers were aggressive um, and caused property damage. Um, we will continue. Okay, so the um, BGMA are also claiming that they were prevent- prevented from entering their building. So there was a picket demonstration outside of the BGMA BGMEA um, central headquarters that were pi- that was picketed by those seven leaders, but also 450 workers um, that worked for Asiana Garment Factory. We'll continue to follow the progress of that, particularly as the anniversary of Rana Plaza approaches. It's the 24th of April, which is in a couple of weeks' time, one of the biggest um, industrial disasters across the world. Over a 1,000 workers died in one swoop, one major collapse of that building. Last news item for the morning comes from India. On the 6th of April, the United Nurses Association released an open letter to the Chief Minister of Kerala 
Um, they're demanding a fair resolution to their industrial dispute at KVM Hospital. Um, what they're asking for or what um, they're saying is that for more than six months, nurses from KVM Hospital have been on indefinite strike demanding statutory wages, which is just the legislated minimum wage, and better working conditions. The United Nurses Association is a union representing these nurses. The letter that they submitted to, no, uh, the demands of the workers are that the Kerala state wage revisions of 2013 be fully implemented. Um, so that's been five years that they haven't received the statutory minimum wage. Um, they're calling for all their statutory benefits to be paid and that their workload hours are respected. They're also calling for the reinstatement of 112 nurses unfairly dismissed for taking part in a peaceful and lawful industrial action. Actually, this union represents um, uh, nurses from almost every state across the country. And if you have any idea how big India is and how difficult it is to organise because of size, that is quite an extraordinary achievement for a union to be able to represent um, nurses across all the states in India. So solidarity to those workers and um, we will continue to watch the progress of that dispute. That's the news from around the region. It's 14 minutes past nine o'clock. You're on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then my interview with Ruby Wharton. Located in the heart of Thornbury, the Islamic Museum of Australia showcases the cultural and artistic heritage of Australian Muslims. Don't miss our latest youth-based exhibition, Ways to be Muslim, and immerse yourself in a series of photographic portraits and unique personal narratives. This exhibition is hosted in partnership with Muslim Collective and the Victorian State Government and is showing until July 8th. Visit the museum website for more information. The Islamic Museum of Australia is a 3CR supporter. What are you supposed to do? 3CR. What are you supposed to do? Community Radio. 855. What are you supposed to do? I am. What are you, what are you supposed to do? 15 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. The Commonwealth Games opened on the Gold Coast in in um, Queensland, Australia, on the 4th of April, and it will conclude on Sunday, the 15th of April. In opposition to the Commonwealth Games and in highlighting the nature of colonial dispossession, Aboriginal activists in Queensland have organised a Stolen Wealth Games protest. Of course, as can only be expected, these demonstrations have been heavily repressed by police. I had an opportunity to speak with one of the protest organisers, Ruby Wharton. She's a member of the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, but to begin with, I give her an opportunity to introduce herself. Hi, my name's Ruby Wharton. I'm a Kamaroi Kumayina, and I'm also a member of um, Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy. So you've been one of the main organisers for the opposition to what the Commonwealth Games, the opposition which is called the Stolen Wealth Games, drawing attention to um, the genocide of Aboriginal people by the Commonwealth that these games supposedly represent. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, it's, been, it's been a hectic couple of weeks. 
not just within the games, but in the lead up to and um it's yeah, it's actually amazing to be on site and seeing it all coming together so well. So tell me, what are some of the issues that you're wanting to raise in these demonstrations before an international audience? Well, for me, that is, um, you know, just drawing attention to colonial history and the power that it has to destroy cultures and people. And, um, you know, that power has been seen in many different forms across the world and across, um, you know, time. And um, here in Australia, we... We saw colonial history start in 1788 and that um, it started off with the frontier wars with Pemaway leading the Aurora Nation into battle and um, and up here in Queensland for us it's um, Dundalee who is the warrior who was executed at the front of um, Post Office Square in Brisbane City for leading the, um, leading the frontier wars in the Queensland part and then Yagan, Jandamayan, you know, Trigonini, we have so many old people who carried out this fight and, um, you know, it's important to draw attention to their experiences. Um, yes, they're not alive today. However, you know, um, oppression has a way of... It's a chameleon, if you will. It changes its skin um, to blend into its environment. And, um, we're like, uh, just recently what's come out is, um, well, in recent times, the issues that we're dealing with is you know, into being institutionalised, whether that be in a prison system, in um, white education, it's in mental health, it's in normal health. It's literally, it's right across the board and um, it's time to draw attention to how that affects us in, this, in the modern society. And uh, we saw um, some police intervention in the demonstrations that you've been organising. It's interesting you mentioned the issue of institutionalisation, particularly in the criminal justice system. And one of the people that got arrested alongside you during the Queen's Baton rally was uh, was Dylan Voller. And, of course, he was made famous um, recently um, because of the footage of him in juvenile detention in the Northern Territory. So these are the comrades, these are the people that you're standing beside in this particular um, demonstration. T- tell me about the police intervention in the demonstrations so far. So the police have been, you know, really intimidating um, and they've been out for blood, they're out for arrest and, um, you know, that's what um, Goldock and the Commonwealth um, our Games Committee has, you know, brought these people, brought these officers in for, in for high, um, I don't want to say violent, but aggressive um, militant behaviours. Of security. I mean, we're only a protesting group of 150 to 250 people, and um, we're going. And most of us are kids. Like most of the people within this camp are actually under the age of 15. And um, for them to experience that kind of thing on the front line, and for them to be so brave, is simply and like it is the epitome of strength. It's um, like, you know, there is a heavy, heavy police presence and unfortunately these police officers want to make arrests. They want to, you know, I guess they whitewash the games and, you know, make it out to be a perfect little event with no conflict or anything. But, you know, even um, 
Yeah, it's just been really hectic with the police presence, and we're actually about um, around us. We um, we actually have a few police officers sitting out the out the front of the gate as we speak. Um, with um, threats to walk in and search the camp and sniff a dog. And, um, you know, like I just said before, most of the people here are under the age of 15. This is a family-friendly environment. We all brought our families here. We all, you know, we have old people here. Earlier in the year, on the 26th of January, we saw some of the biggest um, demonstrations across the country um, in recognition of Invasion Day and supporting the broader campaign around Change the Date. Um, has Change the Date been a feature of your demonstration? Have you noticed a bit more support this year than in previous? Uh, we have had many white allies come stand with us and um, our kitchen is actually operated by very, very, very great allies from Nam that have driven all the way up to be here. And, um, you know, uh, I guess I can't really say that more support's come out because of Change the Day. I really wouldn't be able to say that, um, and I don't think that's the case because, um, you know, these, these people that we're seeing here, they've always been here. And these are very like-minded people. Like, um, change the day. It, it's a great campaign. It's not really a part of what we're trying to achieve here. Because I guess it is at the backdrop of things. Because if, like, what we're really pushing for is decolonisation. We're pushing for treaties. We're pushing for so many other different um, concepts and like land rights. Um, well, actually, know, it sounds. It sounds like what you're saying is that against all the things you're fighting for, change the date is really inadequate. It doesn't go far enough and it's a well, little bit... It's not, not so much inadequate. It's more so um, that it, it comes naturally with those things. It's natural progression. So, it's, you know, we don't really necessarily need a massive focus around change the date. And um, I guess the, I suppose you could say the so-called theme of 2018's Invasion Day was change the date because it was just something that so many people could get along with. But at the core of Invasion Day, it's not about changing the date. It's about breaking those colonial ties. It's about, you know, reparations. It's about justice for, the, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders alike. And, um, you know, change the date, it comes naturally with this progressive change. So I guess it's, for, us, for us Aboriginal people, it's not something that we lead with. But for allies, it's something they can definitely relate to, definitely jump on board with. And, um, you know, we, we really do like the fact that they're here because of that change of date, if they are here because of that. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just great to see so many faces of colour and different walks of life to be in here and support and stand with us at the end of the day. Let's talk about some of the issues facing Aboriginal people under colonialism, you know, because you talk about um, a lot of the overall objective of the um, demonstration and the broader Aboriginal movement is decolonisation and breaking those colonial ties. And I guess sometimes when we use the word colonial over and over and over, we forget how much violence and brutality is inherent in the colonial process, the same kind exactly. of violence. No, no, exactly. You smacked it right on the head there. And, you know, um, that colonial violence, it wasn't just directed at people of colour. It was this colonial violence affected people in a classist way. 
So, um, like, I mean, you just have to reflect on the invasion of this nation and think about it this way. They put chains on their own people and put them on ships to a foreign land. To And in that land, those people who were in chains were able to break those chains and they put them on us. And they've kept them on us for the past 228 years. And that, you know, it's a dark history. It's a very dark history. And um, one thing we've, we are advocating for is a truth commission. Um, so this is a truth commission into that colonial history and the settlement of this nation. And so after the end of the Stolen Wealth Games, what's next for the movement? What does it look like to keep fighting? And I guess what does D colonisation actually mean and look for, look like as a political demand? I reckon, you know, in the, I really don't know where the future could go. And I say that in the most positive way possible because, you know, this, from what's happened over the past two days, um, we actually have a meeting with Mr. Peter Beattie, Jackie Trad, and, um, and, the Honourable Kate Jones, who's the Minister for the Commonwealth Games, next Thursday, or on Thursday, not the day after tomorrow, which is amazing. So much we've seen, so many different comments on, you know, what will protesting get you? It'll get you nowhere. And, you know, to them I say, here's the progress, here's what being out in the street does, and look at us succeed. Watch this space over the next 10 years. We're going to be... I really hope that Queensland Parliament takes the note out of Victoria's um, book and heads up a treaty campaign. I would love to see some of those parties and advocating for that and advocating for land rights and, you know, clan-based consultations uh, for all Crown lands to be handed back to Aboriginal people. Like, I don't know, there are so many different things and I can't speak for everybody but um, because everyone's progress and success looks differently in a political term. And, um, you know, we all have ideas and and different understandings of certain concepts. So it naturally will look differently. But all I can say is that it's going to be positive. And if my grandma... All I've thought over the past few days is if my grandmother could be here, to see what we've done in a time frame of five, five days is, simply unreal and it's things that they've never ever seen or thought of in their life and you know just I'm standing here with a lot of aunts and uncles who stood here in 82 and back then they were just simply thrown into the paddy wagon and locked up and the only fundraising that the Brisbane Blacks did was to create a bail fund we've actually managed to um, you know have meetings with ministers like effect change. We stopped Prince Charles or we delayed his travels and itinerary. We messed that up. And we stopped the Queen's Baton Relay, which has been done for the first time in colonial history. I mean, this, what is happening is the epitome of success and it can only get greater and certainly up from here. This is James Henry here and you're listening to 3CR, 8.55am and digital streaming on 3cr.org.au. 
That was Ruby Wharton from the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance speaking there um, about the stolen wealth games. It is coming into the closing minutes of the show, so I just want to quickly announce on Tuesday the 17th of April is the Trades Hall Delegates Meeting. It's being held at 10 o'clock at um, the Melbourne Town Hall. So uh, if you're a delegate or a union activist, make sure you get there. Um, although the focus of the delegates meeting is the change the rules campaign and forcing that into an electoral, um, platform or, or dispute or campaign, not even a dispute, um, there will be enough radicals there to at least put pressure on Trades Hall and the leadership of the union movement to, uh, actually have a real and proper fight that isn't just about electing the Labor government. So get along to that, um, on Tuesday, the 17th of April. I'll announce the other events that are coming up next week on the show, but there are a lot of actions. Um, May Day, of course, is coming up and International Workers Memorial Day. So keep those dates, the 1st of May, the 6th of May and the 28th of April in your calendars. Keep them free for upcoming actions. But coming up next is Palestine Remembered.